Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number 11 of the Equipment Watch Market Roundup. Today, we're talking about what we saw in the used equipment markets in May, and we're going to try something a little bit new by playing you some highlights from a recent webinar covering one of the most important metrics in equipment finance and appraisal, the orderly liquidation value. Equipment Watch produces the leading database information products for the construction equipment industry and is the world leader in heavy construction research and serves more than 15,000 professional high-volume users of construction and lift truck data. Our online products are valuable tools and decisions surrounding the purchase, valuation, operation, and disposal of equipment. Hi everyone, I'm your host Greg Lutz and I'm sitting here with Sam Giffen, Director of Business Insights. Hi, Greg. Sam, thanks for being here as usual. Let's kick it off the way we always do and, and talk a little bit about the big things you saw last month in the used equipment market. You know, Greg, if I if I had to, to say anything, it would be welcome to summer. Every year we see a pretty similar trend in that as uh, projects on work sites begin to heat up, we see activity and values on the used markets fall, right? Anybody who needs a piece of equipment probably already has it by May and is probably on that job site using it in May. And so we saw across the board, uh, market performance was down. We had a deflated rating of the price stability index in construction, lift access, and agriculture. And commercial trucks as well, representing the on-highway side of things, also went deflated. Okay, now that's really interesting. Can you dive a little deeper into that? Construction had the biggest drop in volume as far as market activity on the resale channel. Went down about 20% or so from last month. Last month we had a bit of a uh, spike. But other than ag, we actually saw marginal decreases for lift and access and commercial trucks as well. We saw that year over year market activity on the resale channel is down by about 15% relative to May of 2016. Now, Sam, what what does this mean for the average listener? Again, I don't think it's it's cause for worry. Uh, we've talked before about how there are lagged effects and, and seasonality, if I can break the seal. That seasonality can shift month to month without too noticeable an impact. I think that's what we're seeing here. I think we're just seeing a shift in the actual month in which the summer decrease occurs. I think that what we see is we see the market continue to, to plateau here for a few months before it jumps back up at the end of the summer build season. All right. Well, it sounds like that's the, uh, the really big stuff to know. But let's, you know, as usual, take a look at each individual market and, uh, and kind of run down some of the highlights. Uh, so we started with construction, but is there anything else that we should take away? For the used construction equipment markets, we're seeing a continuation of the general downward trend that's really been in place since the year started. Um, consistently across the board since January 2017, average fair market and forced liquidation values have declined, which is, again, very standard for this time of uh, year. Uh, if you look back at last year in May, we saw continued declines uh, until June, at which point we hit a valley. Average values surged before dropping again a little bit, and then once again surged in December and January to uh, represent, you know, the big increase in the buying season that we always see in the winter months. What about the lift and access market? 
So looking at the Lyft market, one thing that was pretty interesting is we saw on average the market itself across and in aggregate declined about 1% in average fair market value. Um, but if you break that down by the manufacturers who are impacted, it was interesting. We actually saw Skytrack uh, had the largest decrease in overall values in May. Uh, it dropped by over 8%. Um, but uh, Genie actually was the one with the largest increase in volume, which was more of an equalization. But um, uh, we're really expecting to see fair market and forced liquidation values level off next month. And we assume that market activity will follow a pretty similar trend. Now, moving on to agriculture, we've had you know about two months of, of really optimistic news in a row. Are we going to have a third? <laughs> well, you know, Greg, uh, you and I have, have many times been up and down on the market for used agricultural equipment. And the thing that stood out in May was that average age in the auction channel was up 22% uh, in May of 2017 since May of last year. And on the resale channel, average age was actually up month over month from April to May and year over year from May 2016 to May 2017. We also saw that average usage in the resale channel was up again month over month and year over year, which is confirmed by the shift in average age, right, as we've discussed before. So what does this mean for the market? Generally speaking, when you're looking at, at the resale channel especially, and you're looking at listing data, it's interesting to see the patterns in listing. If people are listing older equipment more often, and values are holding relatively stable, but you can argue that a 4% decline in average fair market values against a 5% increase in average age is still pretty stable, all things being considered. You can make the argument that since we're looking at listing data for the resale channel, that this is actually a sign of confidence by growers, or at least by equipment owners, in that they are more willing to start disposing of older assets because they're comfortable investing in newer models uh, at post-replacement. There's a, there's a flip side to it in that you may be seeing growers desperate for cash willing to sell off older assets in order to get a little liquidity back. Again, it's it's hard to tell in month-to-month -month terms what this actually means for the market. My gut is that we're looking more at the former situation and that uh, increased confidence, increased optimism is allowing growers to begin replacing aging fleets, which is allowing them to list for resale many of the older farm equipment that they are trying to replace. Finally, what should we know about the commercial truck market? Sure, let's, uh, let's talk about trucks. In the market for used commercial trucks especially, May was a pretty mild, uneventful month. We saw FMV was up on the market in May, a minimal percentage. Uh, and it coincided with uh, in a minimal drop in market activity. Average age was relatively stable month over month as well. And so really, we, we saw a status quo month for commercial trucks. What changes were made were uh, pretty, pretty minor, and um, structurally, everything seems to be staying pretty close to expectation. And so with this minimal change in both fair market values and forced liquidation values in May, we expect the resale channel to increase while FLV 
continues to drop as higher auction volume continues. Well, thank you, Sam. As I mentioned uh, earlier, we're doing something a little bit different for part two of the show. We recently recorded a live webinar about the addition of orderly liquidation values, or OLVs, to our Equipment Watch Values product. In that webinar, we not only talked about what an OLV is and why it's important, but it was also a chance for us to expose some of the really interesting research that was conducted around the different ways financial professionals are deriving OLVs today. So if you currently use OLVs in your workflow, it's a really unique insight into how your peers may be doing business a little bit differently than you. Uh, it's really interesting stuff. So we thought we'd play some of the highlights from that presentation on this podcast today. And if you want the full experience, uh, including video, please visit www.equipmentwatch.com forward slash downloads. And you can find an on-demand recording there. Uh, we hope you enjoy so as you saw in the, the previous slide, uh, we've really been at the forefront of equipment valuation for more than half a century now. Um, but we only announced the addition of orderly liquidation values about a week ago. And, and that kind of makes this webinar a little different than most, as, as it's really a chance for us to answer some interesting questions. Uh, first, the obvious one, you know, why did we add OLVs to Equipment Watch and, and why now? Uh, Second, you know, how did we go about establishing a standard OLV benchmark? And this is where we'll, we'll get a chance to share some of the really interesting research into how your peers in the market currently determine OLV. And uh, finally, uh, we'll talk about how you can use the new OLV data and functionality in Equipment Watch to improve your current workflow. And for this, we'll, we'll just dive right into the app um, and run through a live demonstration of our values product. So, Get us started, Sam, and tell us a little bit about just an overview of the, the standard equipment valuations in the marketplace today. This won't be really anything uh, new and insightful probably for, for most listeners. This is something they're intimately familiar with already, but it's important to know how you and your team thinks about these different metrics. Sure. Well, let's start on the left here with FMV. That's fair market value. This is generally constituted where there's a single seller, a single buyer, and, and neither party has a compulsion to buy or sell. It's really connected to the dealer channel or private party sales. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum is FLV. That's our forced liquidation value. That's where you really have a single seller with multiple potential buyers. And the real kicker here is that there's a compulsion to buy as is, where is. And this is very closely tied to the auction channel. OLV is a little bit different as it's, it's more of an appraisal metric and it doesn't have a, an actual market or channel associated with it from which to derive uh, benchmarks. Right. And, and I think, frankly, this lack of a distinct sales channel behind it is probably the primary reason you haven't seen OLVs in Equipment Watch in the past. Uh, but, you know, we're always talking to our users and, and we know how important OLVs are in, in nearly every equipment finance transaction. So we wanted to learn a little bit more, um, and we decided to poll our customer base to find out exactly how they were determining OLVs today. And what we found out was over 80% of you were already basing your internal OLV off of an Equipment Watch FMV or FLV. So this was just an, an obvious sign to us that we could simplify things, we could improve our product by bringing the functionality directly into the tool. Um, but to get there first, obviously, we have to establish our own 
OLV benchmark. Um, and this is kind of where we get into that second question of how did we go about doing this? So let's start with just the definition of an OLV. I think this is probably the, uh, the most widely accepted definition coming out of, of the American Society of Appraisers. Um, I, I won't read it off to you. You can see it right there. But, but Sam, tell us a little bit about the, the, maybe the problems that we might have with, with this definition. Sure. Well, I think, Greg, you've highlighted it here, is that the, the biggest source of the ambiguity around OLV is this reasonable period of time to find a purchaser. Um, it's really difficult to quantify. Some of that has to do with the location of the equipment. Some of it is with the size of your network or with the ability of your broker to secure buyers. Um, some of it may even be seasonal and connected to uh, the distance between the current time and the end of a particular institution's financial year. Um, and so as a result, there, there's a lot of mystery around it that makes it really hard to quantify and really hard to settle on, on an established standard. So, so we had a good definition, but, but we still had no real formula, no real method, right? Um, so we went back to, you know, to our users. We've got a fantastic equipment finance community behind us, uh, and we're really fortunate that these are some of the top folks uh, in the business. And we just asked the very, very simple question, how do you calculate OLVs today? And Sam, let me kind of throw this back over to you. What did we learn from this? Well, the first thing we learned is that there's really no clear standard for defining OLV in the equipment finance world. Um, as you can see, we've put a few of the responses here on the screen, and there's no single standard. There, the, the methodology really runs the gamut of what could be expected uh, as an OLV. But what is interesting to see is that the majority of our respondents tied OLV to another known established market-derived value, such as FLV or FMV. Uh, and I think that's, that's, this slide kind of talks about what your team did next, right? You, you normalized those results, and you were able to find kind of best practices, right? That's right. So like, like you just mentioned, the first thing we did, we sorted the responses into categories that connected to our existing value metrics. And uh, from the results on the screen, you can see that um, right around 23% of the responses tied OLV to fair market values. Over 40% of them tied OLV to forced liquidation values. And uh, surprisingly, 36% of responses had no standard methodology. It's completely an ad hoc, more of an art form assignment of OLV. So when, when you and your team was tasked with creating this, this benchmark, how did this research guide you know, your process and, and your final result? Sure. Well, the first, the first thing that, that we quickly established was uh, a bit of a confirmation of our own internal belief that OLV is generally considered to be a premium on FLV. And, and this is in, intuitively it makes sense. They're both liquidation values after all. Uh, the second thing we took away from the research was that any OLV standard would have to be a com comprehensive benchmark with a lot of flexibility built in. Uh, so using the responses from our survey, along with a lot of conversations with leaders in the industry, uh, we established a, a really simple benchmark between average FMV and FLV, which is applied as a premium to forced liquidation values, and it can be anywhere between 110% and 147%, depending on the equipment type. And what you're able to do here is, is establish a, a really reliable benchmark across 
all the equipment types that we cover, right? Um, and this is so important because it lets you know exactly where you stand in the market with your with your own metrics, right? Um, right. But of course, there are there are all types of reasons why you and your organization might calculate OLV a little bit differently. Uh, I mean, no one knows your market better than you do. Um, no one else can decide what sort of appetite for, for risk you might have. So we had to make sure that our solution met those needs as well. Um, and we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit here. Uh, this is actual uh, screenshot from the product itself. Uh, but as you can see, I think we're looking at a, at a dozer on this page. Um, it starts off with a, uh, an OLV using the equipment wash standard of about 124% of the forced liquidation value. Uh, but let's say, you know, you know something that, that we don't know, and, and you're basing this off of 90% of FMV. We've handed over those tools and those controls directly to you uh, so you can make those changes. Uh, Sam, at this point, I think, you know, we've established a, a great equipment watch OLV standard, we've, we've given the users the tool to create their own OLV uh, calculation within our system. Um, but this next point, I, I don't think we can stress enough that a great OLV benchmark is not enough if you're, if you're truly trying to uh, represent a given asset, right? Right. So let's take a, a, a quick real-world example. Um, two nearly identical dozers here. Uh, they're both 2005 CAT D10Rs. Uh, they differ only in utilization. Is that right? That's correct. And, and you can see right away, this is today's OLV, and everything else held constant, uh, just a, a, a really significant difference in price. So if, you know, you are the one financing this piece of equipment, and you thought you were getting back the piece of equipment on the left, uh, and really what you got back is the one on the right, uh, I mean, there's no other way to say it than, than you're getting screwed for about, 30 grand that you thought you were going to make up. Um, and, and I think this is, this is true even projecting into the future. Is that right? Yes. No, and, and it's uh, as important in the future as it is for the current value. So when we, we look at our estimated residual values for these two assets, which you see on the screen here, um, we can see that the OLV gap actually remains pretty strong throughout the five-year forecasted period. Um, the high-usage asset which is uh, there in the red, by 2022, um, we'll have a value pretty close to $132,000, and those are in $2017, um, holding everything else equal. The low usage asset, which you see on the green line, uh, in the same scenario, holding all other variables constant, and uh, again in, in $2017, has got a value closer to $145,000. Um, we see these curves converging, uh, towards a salvage value, which makes sense. At some point, this dozer is really only worth the parts and the, the, the metal. But um, even that, that difference right there between 145 and 132,000, um, that's a pretty significant difference for this one asset. And if you're in the position where you're expecting to get back the low usage asset mm -hmm. and you get the high usage asset, you're, you're looking at a significant amount of impairment. Right. And, you know, I, I think if, if you take away one thing from this webinar not exactly related to OLV, uh, it's that do not under any circumstances, you know, accept any valuation, OLV or otherwise, that does not account for location, condition, and, and especially usage.
So, Sam, it, it probably makes sense to stop the recording here. Um, anything beyond this moment in the webinar is is really a, a deep dive into the application itself, uh, and it probably does not translate to audio quite as well. That makes sense. Um, we'll, we'll leave it up to you, the listener, to be the judge whether uh, we're, we're better live or recorded. Um, say live. Say live. That's right. That's right. Uh, but, but we want to thank you for listening. So if you're interested in seeing the uh, the rest of that webinar, as I mentioned, you can go to equipmentwatch.com slash downloads, uh, and you can find an on-demand recording right there. Or you can go to our Contact Us page and find our emails or our phone number. Give us a call. We'd be happy to give you a demo. Uh, I think that wraps us up. Thanks for listening. And please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts, so you never miss a show. The market report and all of our intelligence reports are available on intel.equipmentwatch.com. And if you'd like to learn more, as I mentioned, go to equipmentwatch.com and request a demo. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next month.